one. All right, there will be bourbon. I am the soon-to-be inebriated host, Eric Bandazeski, and I am with Greg Diakinakis. No, I said it. I fucked it up. Greg Diakianis. Greg Diakianis. There right. we go. Yes, I respect <laughs> the fact that his name is actually harder than mine, I think, for the first time ever. Um, so that's who I'll be talking to tonight. He's a veteran of the Army. He's a two-tour uh, visitor of the beautiful country of Iraq, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. And then my favorite is how much he absolutely adores sports, notably CrossFit. Um, which we'll probably get into. Oh, God. Uh, he does not like CrossFit. He is a very strong man, though, and probably would be good at it, which is why I think I need to bring it up at some point. Um, I'm going back to your your profile on the, the Twitters where I've discovered the good Greg. Is that a Vikings jersey you're wearing? No, that is a oh, University of Washington. Oh, okay. That's acceptable. All right. Good deal. Because if it was a, a Vikings jersey and me being a Bears fan, we're just going to end oh, it right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, but before we get into that, of course, you know, I like to make interesting people more interesting with bourbon. And so tonight I will be doing a little Bell Mead Reserve, which is the barrel proof. It comes from the fine people at the, what is it, the Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. So that is what I will be uh, fueling my discussion with the great Greg and, uh, can we discuss your other thing or not yet? The whole, uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Well, and then also, you know what? We'll get to that. Cause I, that's a big okay. deal. I think it's awesome. And yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that is going to be pretty fucking cool with you being a part of it now as well as my camera drops off. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Camera drops off. So yeah, this new version of the zoom needs to, uh, figure itself out but we'll figure that out tonight all right so greg all right man so no shit there you were what made uh little greg want to join this man's army uh well it was the end of school 2001 so that would have been june 2001 my dad's a teacher uh and so every summer he chose uh how many pages i needed to read and that summer he said that I needed to read a thousand pages. And uh, so this is 2001 sort of in my sophomore year in high school. And I was just like, Oh, this is going to be terrible because I was a pretty terrible reader as a child. Uh, So I just went down to the library and looked for the biggest war book that I could find. And (laughs) general Schwarzkopf's autobiography was like right there. And I was like, oh, this is like 700 and some odd pages. Let's go. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, a writer. Dude, amazing. Um, so growing up, I always wanted to be a pilot and thought I'd join the Air Force if we ever went to war. And that's what I always said pretty much since like kindergarten. And then uh, I read that autobiography and I was like, the Air Force sounds stupid. I should definitely join the infantry one day. <laughs> <laughs> and a few months later, 9-11 happens and off we go. So you were right out of high school. Yeah. yeah so you're a few years behind me. So yeah, I was nine. Yeah. I graduated in 03. 03. Okay. Yeah. So you're four years behind and damn. So you yeah. went right in. That's cool yeah. though. So what was, so what was nine 11 like for you then since you were probably what, freshman year, sophomore year, give or take sophomore year. So yeah. um, my dad, he drove like 45 minutes an hour or so uh, mm-hmm. to school. And so we lived in Washington at the time. Okay. Um, so, you know, 630, he probably left the house. Oh, yeah. So half hour into his drive. A totally different experience. Completely different. So he calls my mom because he listened to 
uh, conservative radio all the way, all the time. So um, mom kind of like got us to like the computer, but this is like, you know, 2003 computers are and internet's pretty crappy. And so we're like, listening to the radio and yeah, we, uh, we didn't have TV growing up. My parents shut off uh, normal TV. So we only watched movies. Um, I grew up in a pretty tradcon family growing up. So uh, we just had the radio and we lived five minutes from the Canadian border. So it was even like more like tense because mm-hmm. the border shut down. And yeah, then all of a sudden yeah. DHS wasn't even really around then. So oh. it was like actual border patrol. So uh, it was kind of crazy. Of the, the Bush administration. Yeah. You know, conservatives, they're <laughs> supposed to make things smaller, but that didn't happen. Whatever. That anyway, did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, so yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, that kind of just like, you know, obviously jarred everybody. And um, I think I almost knew in that moment, probably that day, I was like, oh, man, this is it. Like, when can I graduate high school so I can join the Army? That's awesome. So that was your reaction. Do you have any siblings? Uh, Yeah, I'm the oldest of 12. Oldest of fucking 12. Holy shit. Yeah. So 10 of us uh let's see she is going to be a sophomore at boise state um so i have 10 biologicals or i guess nine biological siblings and then two sisters that my parents adopted from ghana africa yeah i remember i seen you post yeah okay that's cool yeah and so the youngest that's at boise state now is she mad that she missed the forever war uh no i mean (laughs) I was in the forever war and I called I home one day and my mom was like, Hey, we got this cool thing. And I was like, Oh, like dad's getting a new job. Are you guys moving? They're like we're adopting two girls from Africa. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> why you were over there. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. That's awesome. So yeah, I was in 08. So, okay. And how old are they? So that, okay. So they're, so one's a sophomore in college. How's the other one? Yeah. I think Rachel is, or Sarah is, I think she's 23 now, something like that. Okay. So that yeah. do they know your role in, in the war and how you what you did? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, once they were adopted, and I, I saw a bunch of little siblings at the time. So um I think one of my brothers said that mentioned he's a kid, so he's like, Oh, Greg's over in the war, like shooting pigeons. And my mom's like, Yeah, that's what Greg does. <laughs> I said, he's a train. Pigeon marksman. (laughs) How many pigeons did you kill, Greg? That's what I I killed a lot of dogs. We can definitely say that. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, so there you were. All right. So so you had a very a patriotic calling, which uh you know I think call it no, go ahead. Uh I just follow followed in the footsteps. Both of my grandfathers were in World War uh two. Got it. Um one was, they were both in the Navy. One was a chaplain. One was just like a boats, like a regular just boatsman guy. That um, yeah. my grandfather, who was a chaplain, he was actually on Guadalcanal with the Marines. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and then and after they, they took over the island, there was a hurricane, and uh, or monsoon. Yes, uh, typhoon. And he got a two by four to the head. Yeah, typhoon. That's what it is. Huh. Uh, he took a two by four to the head. And he woke up on a ship heading back to Pearl Harbor. I mean, that's not a bad way to wake up, I guess. 
Well, I guess depends I mean, when you're at Pearl Harbor, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. Damn. Okay. So, so you have it in the blood, and, and obviously you had the call, and that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. Did anybody else in the family, your siblings, follow you? Or were you the the only one? No, my brother joined the freaking Navy, uh, <laughs> and he was an officer. Ah. Yeah. For him. <laughs> Every time I think of a Navy officer, I just think of Maverick from Top Gun. And that's that's yeah. like my perception of all of them. <laughs> the crazy thing no. about that movie is everyone thinks that's an Air Force movie. It's like, no, no, it's like a Navy. I know they think airplanes and but yeah, they are. Everyone thinks Air Force and like they they don't do what you guys think they do. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> One of the most misleading. So that's what I going back to you saying you wanted to be a, a, a like a fighter pilot or something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, wrong branch man you probably gotta go to the navy to do that stuff right for yeah. all right so now all right so let's fast forward greg is he's signed up and he finds himself in iraq in 2004 i had just come home so thank you for your service good job going in there after me yeah. um didn't do any of your cool shit. Didn't, didn't do any of the cool <laughs> shit you did uh so so well where, where'd you find yourself in 2004 ah 2004 was uh well i guess it would have been 2005. Yeah, I got there January 13th, 2005, landed okay. in Iraq. Uh, so we were in Bakuba. Ah, and okay. We with the spent, British? Is that with the British? No, <laughs> with the Georgians, which is, ah. we took them out on the first mission, and we came into a room, and they were beating the shit out of some dudes. <laughs> and we were like, okay, you guys can't come on any more raids with us. <laughs> We follow the rules around here. Yeah. Oh, God. Those guys. But they were cool as shit. Um, we spent the 12 months chasing al-Baghdadi. Yes. Um, the fucker from. Uh, yes. Uh, AQI. Yeah. And then we came home. And three months later, the guys that replaced us found him. And obviously Delta Force did their thing. So that was uh, rather annoying. Was that- I mean, I could take you to the house that they found him in right now. Was that Baghdadi I- or Zakawi? Zakawi. Zarkawi, sorry. Zarkawi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong shithead. Yeah, the dude from Georgia. Yeah, Baghdadi was the ISIS dude. That's right, that's right. That's yeah, right. Zarkawi. No, I remember because I, well, I was in Jordan in 2015 and we had to okay. go through Zarka and everyone's like, yeah, that's where Zarkawi's from. They're like the one city in Jordan that hates all Americans. I'm like, oh, that's pleasant. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. So that's crazy. So you spent that whole tour chasing this fucking and then you never found him? And no, it was, you know, we'd go out for, you know, this is back in the day where you did oh what do we even call those we just run the roads in the morning just to see if you can blow up anything uh, to start the day the, like the the route recon the, the army did the same yeah so you just do route recons in the morning where you just drive as fast as you can and find a, find ieds that way so <laughs> god 2005 was so much fun <laughs> Did you realize you were writing new doctrine as you as you were doing it? You had no idea. It. No, it didn't exist. Yeah, yet, you're so 21. Like, hey. You're like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> hey, don't do that. Uh, Center for Army Lessons uh, Learned. So we just sped down a highway and a lot of shit blew up. I don't know if we should do that next time. Yeah, that's a weird. I thought this crazy picture from like during the invasion that uh, the the Iraqis had put all these uh, Italian pressure tank mines all along the highway leading into this into the airport mm-hmm. i got this great picture i gotta find it i got all this stuff on hard drives i can't access anymore yeah, it's really great technology course. i think we yeah, all it's do. crazy like <laughs> as far as you can see there's just all these fucking mines and it, it wouldn't have done anything like if you drove a tank or not a tank but like the humvees and shit that we were in from what i'm told yeah. i don't know if I, I could be talking out my ass right now all i know is we ended up just picking them all up and throwing them in a fucking <laughs> hole and burning them 
And, but it was funny because we had this great picture where you just see us like everywhere. They look like little fucking dots all over the road. And we're like, what the fuck is that? Oh, they're mines. Well, we're not going to drive over them. So good time. Um, so <laughs> you were you were in an infantry unit then. And then the second time you went back a part of a sniper team. Yeah. So the first tour we're in Kuwait and like, I don't know, like five days before we leave to go to what we thought with the rest of our battalion was we're going to go to Ramadi. Mm -hmm. And no, they said our company is going to be attached to the field artillery. Now this is third ID, Mm -hmm. uh, third brigade, third ID. So it's super heavy. So these are paladin boys. So they're not going to second time back. So I'm sure they were excited. Yeah. Yes. Very excited. As you can imagine. <laughs> uh, so they're not doing a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, so they were like, well, we better get some infantry guys in our battalion to do the patrols and stuff. So um, they took us out of two, six, nine armor. And then, cause this is when they, this is when the army did the combined arms uh, battalions. Yeah. So we had two companies of infantry, four companies of tanks, and then the rest of the Yahoo's. And so they took, our company put us in with 110 uh, field artillery. And so then we went to Bakuba and did that whole thing and uh, lost some guys there. So <clears throat> the first mission we went on or that we sent on a right seat ride on, we lost a guy. Um, it was actually kind of a, like he knew he was going to die. So he made all these videos for his kids so when they graduated and got married and had kids and stuff, he they would have something of him to watch. That's funny. So, so when you say he knew he was going to yeah. die, what do you mean? that was just his belief when he got over there? Yeah, before he left, he just like felt he just like he felt wasn't going to come home. Yeah. How'd you guys deal so, with that? Like, was he just trying to talk him out of that mentality? Because No, I mean, he, we, he didn't tell anybody oh. uh, except his wife. And so he had her make all these videos with him. Oh, um That's yeah he's just big old son of a bitch some first class sally uh he was like so big that he ate the entire ied which saved pretty much everybody else in the truck like insane jesus yeah so you guys were in trucks and everyone else is in fucking tanks yeah so we were in those fake up armored like the yeah, welded that was all fabricated shit. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, we did the yeah. entire like 0304 because I was in reserves and we had the vinyl doors. And we didn't know any better, right? Like no one knew that you were like oh, there was no such thing as fucking or at least not right. for us. I mean, I'm sure certain units probably had armor and all that shit, but we were just like, oh cool, the doors come off. Like, no one fucking knew. And we put sandbag, <laughs> they're like, Yeah, put sandbags in in case you run over an ID. It was like, oh cool, that will work fill some fucking sand. So, yeah, so you had the second iteration before all, like, the actual, (laughs) the the real vehicles show. I've never seen the first one, right? Like, it was like the MPs had them, I think. Mm. That was the first one I saw, at least. But, yeah, that's insane. When you look back on that, like, it's something that you don't even, because, well, did you guys have, yeah, you probably did. Did you have body armor? Yes, but we we only had uh, BDU body armor for our, and then we had the desert cam- camo. Oh, that ain't bro. So we, that, that's that was all. We had the flak vest from like Vietnam era shit. <laughs> I didn't know there was a such so thing as. I only thought bulletproof plates were like like a like a Hollywood thing. I didn't even think that was real. And they gave them to us in July of 03. like that first generation one. 
Yeah. And we had been there since fucking May. <laughs> well, in Baghdad, since yeah, we're in, we're, we'd have been in Baghdad since May. We didn't get him until July or all, around this time, I think. It's crazy. God, that's but I had so no army. idea. Like, you didn't know. Yeah, there's so much we didn't know back then. Yeah, that's the great thing about like pre social <laughs> media is you didn't, you didn't have a place to just bitch about everything and right, whatever. Well, I don't want to deal with that shit right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, so okay, so well, yeah, that's the and you bring up the other thing. It's just like we had all this, uh, like DCU pattern stuff coupled with yeah. all this like woodland pattern, and then eventually the, the DCU pattern caught up just in time for us to move over to ACU. Oh where there's yeah. nothing yet right and then <laughs> like i was the, patterns, the last person you were the last person. i was the last person in my, my in my entire brigade to still be shining boots and wearing bdus it's a lost like fucking i warmed to the, to the last second because i couldn't stand the acus oh they're so bad the boots were the best part to come out of it like the whole desert yeah. thing or whatever like i get yeah. i love that but like yeah the uh i still feel legitimately 40 percent of my basic training was spent shining boots <laughs> and so like when i was a drill sergeant in 09 yeah 09 and 2010 yeah that was we were in acu error so that oh, i was geez. i just remember being in drill sergeant school like what the fuck are we supposed to do with the other time <laughs> <laughs> all this extra time on our <laughs> like most of my time in basic well a good portion of it at least was spent just hey shine your boots it's fucking 1800 like we the lights out right. till 21 well yeah shine your boots like, all right but, yeah Three hours. Read your, read your smart book. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a lost art. I guess only the airborne, the jumpy boys still do that shit. But uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, that had to be a big dent to the Kiwi boys. You know that company. <laughs> no one's selling yeah. fucking. So pissed. <laughs> Seriously, and then I, I just want to know who, because I remember reading all the Army Times studies on like what the new pattern was going to be, because they oh, wanted yeah. to have something that could be, you know, we should have just did what the Marines did, have like a fucking, a. Uh, you know, stateside woodland one. And then when you're yeah. deployed, here's your deployed one. But it's like somehow they merged what in their eyes they thought was that urban. I don't know where they got the desert portion and woodland and just came up with the fucking ACU, which still to this day, I remember seeing it initially and it's thinking, wow, that's cool. A new uniform. Cause I was just some 23 year old idiot. <laughs> and then now I look back at it and all the pictures and I'm just like, what the fuck? Right. And you're just like, Oh, this is the worst. <laughs> Like it doesn't, it just never made sense to me. And I was never in, like, trust me, I never did any cool field shit in it. So did you wear that deployed? Yeah. So this, well, your second I was deployment? supposed to, the second deployment, that was like the regular duty uniform. But okay. um, me and my team, we had yeah. some really good. Uh, Go back and look at that le picture. Leadership. And uh, they just kind of let us wear whatever we wanted. So we <clears throat> hooked up with some asymmetric warfare guys and okay. they just gave us flight jackets or uh, flight suits and stuff. So we just wore, um, we just had our sappy plates in a plate carrier and then rigs on top of that with flights, <laughs> flight suits. And we like painted our helmets and shit. Like everybody hated us. Cause they're like, didn't, we didn't care. We had, <clears throat> But see, that's, the great, that's, that's the great part of like i would say an actual war environment because most of these deployments for the last x amount of years for most of us not yeah. guys like yourself weren't were, they weren't fucking deployments and you had people acting like it was garrison and all that shit but i always felt like look if, if whatever you're gonna do while you're there if it makes it you know more comfortable mm -hmm. more feasible 
more uh what's the word practical and who fucking cares like we know who's on our side right it's not like we it, right some of the shit because you gotta understand man like when i went no three like the first six months there wasn't a whole lot of like actual rules and regulations it wasn't until first armor divisions showed up and replaced third id when you know mm-hmm. former joint chief of staff general dempsey he was two-star dempsey just made two-star and they oh, all geez. came in like i still God, remember so i've probably told ago. this story before but i don't know if you've heard it i may have told it on one of the zooms but yeah so we had d main guard right which was started when they fucking showed up so it was like it was eight to eight 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 a.m to eight p.m and eight p.m to eight a.m two 12-hour shifts right and you know i was a fucking e4 mafia back at the time so i was on that thing like once every two weeks and I always mm-hmm. remember like one of the positions, there was a second, there was an extra position at night only for the 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And it was General Dempsey's personal fucking porta john behind the, the top oh my God. of first armor. Of course division. it was. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> him coming out one night. It was, it was probably a little bit after midnight. It was like 1230, 1245 or something. He's like, you know, he was talkative and he was nice and all. He's like, anybody coming in and out? I'm like, no, sir, just, just you, sir. And he's like, all right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, it was just a weird, like this was, that was an actual position for 45 minutes on the shift was to guard his Porta John and make sure no one went in it. Good I hope Lord. he listens to the podcast. Maybe he could jump on someday and I can be like, sir, why'd you do that? Why? Why was that? A why? Th- why, why were you the way you were? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a two star. Yeah. Yeah. A newly promoted two star. Who knew he would go on to, uh, to uh, become the, the big, the big wig. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, and then, uh, nah, you know what? That's just getting down the negative side. Let's see if it positive. Okay. So, and so you went back a second time. How was the second yeah. tour? Overall? Uh, the second tour was way more fun, obviously being in a sniper section, <clears throat> there was only seven of us. So we kind of, the first three months, they really didn't know what to do with us. Our battalion commander was kind of like, ah, I don't know what to do. And, we our AO was the southwest side of Baghdad. So uh, if you look at Baghdad, you see that the river comes down. It makes like a dick. Uh, so we had the whole dick, and then all the way up to Sadr City. So the eighty second boys, yeah, eighty second boys were were at Liberty, and that's where our AO stopped. And then we had everything south of Diala uh, River, and so we kind of like forced him do things um luckily our captain was an infantry captain but he never got to be a pl um so he was like i just want to do cool stuff with you guys i'll be the radio guy just i won't tell you what to do you guys are in charge we're like okay sir but like that means you're gonna have to have our back and there's like a a certain level of trust here and he's like okay well whatever whatever i can do (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so uh you know, after the first three months or so, we really got into a groove. We started working out of the JSSs um, all around the the northeast portion of the AO and stuff. Um, it was, you know, pretty normal rhythm. We'd go stay out there. We had because we had three different teams. Um, we would just rotate every week or so. Who would be out there? Work out of the JSS and who would work out of uh, Fabras Tamaya. Good old Fab Rusty. Uh, <clears throat> so it was a good time. 
it was fun. Uh, only lost a couple guys that tour. So, but uh, otherwise, just, you know, normal stuff you do when you're running around. How does that make you feel now when you look back on it? Because you brought up a few guys that you've lost. Like, do you, do you, do you struggle with the, I guess the end result of what came out of the Iraq war, or is it something that you just say hey, that we were doing what we were supposed to do in the moment? And I don't really think about the political amp- or ramifications or any of that shit, or is it something you look back on and like, you know, what the fuck was that for? Or do you have a good feeling about all that? One way or the know. other. No, I keep, I think I keep them separate um, in that, like, obviously the war is looking back and it was dumb as shit. Um, but we only knew what we knew then. Right. And it's, and uh, so their sacrifice, I wouldn't say it was in vain. Um, but I mean, some days it's hard, harder than others when you look back on it and you get thinking too much about what, what was the point of it all. But, you know, <clears throat> I served with the, the greatest guys and uh, just try to make sure that. I live every day kind of in honor of them. I mean, I named my firstborn after some of the guys that died. So just always a reminder. Yeah, I think, and I just, I'm curious, like, you know, cause there's been some, we've had a ton of debate over this last, our period, right. The, the whole mm-hmm. GWAT, the global war on terror, that period that was in my opinion, way too long. Uh, but, but then, you know, guys before that, outside of, I guess, the dudes who went into Iraq to liberate Kuwait in 91. Um, but everything before that, I think a, a lot of dudes could probably going back to Vietnam, my grandfather in Korea, his brother in World War II. Like it, it was probably a little different because I feel. I wonder if it was just because it wasn't as politicized due to the lack of media coverage, you know, and social media. Like it was. <laughs> I felt like there was yeah, a lot, definitely. it was treated with a lot more reverence than it is today. Where now, I mean, you're on Twitter, like half the fucking yeah. soldiers you see just sit there and mock every fucking thing and make it a joke. You know, yeah. like people that don't deserve respect to get it. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean, I may remember the first time I, I met an embedded reporter and it was like two weeks after my lieutenant died and <clears throat> she was totally fine when we left to go on our patrol and we did stuff and a couple hours later we came back like on the drive back she just like wouldn't shut up and stop asking questions like <clears throat> kind of like that though like, was it worth it is it, who, what do you think about it and i was i looked at, at my tc and i was like i'm gonna stop this and kick her out of the car if you, if you don't get her to shut up like I, i'll leave her here i don't give a shit <laughs> it's fucking nuts man but it's not, I think it's as almost the war like asking, it's almost like interviewing like uh, an athlete after they just lost like the championship of some shit, right? Like, yeah. well, how do you fucking think I feel? You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> what are you, pretty what are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're right though. I think that with the more media and not that media wasn't polarized, but because we can see how polarized it is now, yeah, that has only I don't know, gave us a, a worse way to look at things in hindsight. Yeah. No, I think that's, I, I think, that's, I think that's a hundred percent right. Because, uh, 
I don't know, you go back and you read about you know, some of these, you know, some of the war reporters and war correspondents from, you know, World War II and the guys that were in the Korea, you know, you look at Vietnam, look at, look at the, we were soldiers, right? You had that, mm-hmm. you had Hal Moore with his, uh, that, God, I forget the dude's name at the moment. That's a great book. If anyone ever wants to read it, we were soldiers and young ones, but the, you know, you had that reporter that was embedded with them and, and he went through everything they went through and was able to report that right. back. And I feel like, you know, a lot of that's lost now. And I'm not saying that there aren't reporters doing that stuff. I'm, I'm just saying the, the way that the media is presenting things as a whole, it's not presented to invoke unity <laughs> and, uh, and, and patriotism. And I'm not saying that's the role of the media. I'm just saying it's probably not the role of the media to spark division either, in my opinion. I could be wrong. No, I agree. Yeah. We have a good reporter on last time, last podcast episode, Sarah Blake. She's such a damn good reporter that she went and joined the fucking army. So there you go. We still got a few good ones out there. Isn't it? Like, (laughs) I never joined the army. I was like, you know, when I get home, I'm going to become a reporter. (laughs) It's like the total opposite. Good for her. No, right? She's cool. I like to. Um, All right. So when you came back from that, so you got out. You had no intentions of sticking around. You you were doing it. You felt like you did your, your, your piece and were ready to move on. Yeah, you know, I mean, between, let's see, January 05 and the end of May 2008, I did 26 months wow. in Iraq, and I was just, like, completely burnt out. Uh, as you I should. mean, the, the the recruiters, I mean, they, you know how they are. They're just like, oh, dude, come on. I'm like, dude, unless you're offering me six, six figures, like, there's this no. It's absolute 100% no. Like, there's no point in this even coming here. You know the answer. So, you know, I got home. Uh, took like two months or so to get off base and everything. And they were like, okay, well, you're going to go to Ready Reserve. So we're going to call you. I'm like, you have my parents' address. You'll never find me. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. So, back, huh? I, no, um, I just kind of. You know, I was so aggro by the time I got out. Um, I really didn't know. I didn't really give a shit about a lot of things. And so I was just lived like a gypsy life from then. Uh, so that would have been, you know, 08 until 2011, really, when I uh, met my wife. I mean, it was just like, I mean, I lived all over the place, had a bunch of jobs. You know, you get out of the army <laughs> in 2008 in August in october everything crashes and it was like oh what am i gonna do for a job so i got into retail mm-hmm. and if you can imagine it i worked uh at hollister so what? that was Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i couldn't find a job oh that's not true i worked flooring for like six weeks and i was just like dude my knees and back I won't be able to walk. Like I was just popping way too many pills to like get through like a 10 hour shift. And I was like, Oh dude, I can't do this for much longer. So so started looking for jobs, a buddy, uh, he worked at like zoomies or something like that. And he's like, dude, just come find a job at the mall. It's super chill. It's easy. Um, and I applied at Hollister and they had like a where warehouse job. So just in the back, just folding clothes and shit. And so I was like, Oh sure. I'll take that over. Yeah, exactly, man. You know and the Hollister find- actual city is not that far from me now. A little beach. Really? Town. Yeah, it's right there. Damn. It's a little bit. It's on the, the one <laughs> side of the Pacific Coast, man. It's not that far away. 
It's a really cool town, actually. Can you hear me? Yeah. So I found out the guy next door that ran the Abercrombie, uh, the guy that ran the Abercrombie back room, he was in the 82nd. So we goofed off a lot. That's pretty cool. Wait, so let me check this real quick because this this camera is kind of dicking up a bit. Can you still hear me all right? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Is it delayed at all? Uh, It's a little delayed. Uh, Well, whoever decides to listen to this, I hope uh, you are able to hear it. Greg's coming in fine. I just... I can see my my camera doing whatever it's doing. So this fucking, you know what, Zoom, stop updating your shit. Just leave it alone. When it works, Seriously. it fucking works. You don't have everybody to likes it. <laughs> my God, yeah. So hopefully everything's good. And uh, I think the, yeah, I can definitely see a delay on the the video side. Hopefully the audio is good. All right. So you worked at Hollister. You met your wife. What did your wife come in the Hollister? No. See, uh, I worked retail uh, from 08 until. 2011 and so i moved to texas and louisiana um then i was homeless for a while and just snowboarded uh and uh yeah and then i moved back to washington from louisiana to help my aunt uncle uh build a frozen yogurt place and so i worked the morning shift at their coffee shop that was across the street and uh the cool thing about working the coffee shop in the morning is all the business guys uh, would give us their local AAA baseball tickets nice. um, <laughs> if they weren't going that night. So me and my buddy that we worked with, we would just take chicks with us to the ball game. And uh, one of our buddies brought my wife and I was the fifth wheel. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> she kept showing up at the coffee shop. And so uh, one day I texted him. I was like, dude, are you still talking to Kayla? And He's like, no, he's like, I was like, do you care if I talk to her, dude? He's like, no, go ahead, man. So I took her out to lunch and, uh, you know, things happen. I got her pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so, um, that was kind of crazy because that was not part of the life plan, but uh, <laughs> it never is, man. It really never, it never is. is. Nope. No. So, is. but you know, um, you got, a, I got her young, so she was 19 when we started dating. All right. So yeah, so I was like, <laughs> I'm seven years older than her. Today's actually oh, wow. her 30th birthday. So, Oh shit. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. This is D <clears throat> Dia Genoc. Fuck. Diakianis. Did she keep that name? Hopefully. I hope she did. Because yeah. I hope she has to yeah. answer every time. Like, how, do you say <laughs> how do you say your name? That's awesome. So yeah, now you got two more yeah. since then. So three, three kids, huh? Yeah. Three, three little monsters. So yeah, three boys just doing it. Uh, as you can see behind me, or right. I guess on this side. It's actually just all the homeschool stuff. Oh, you homeschool uh, all three of them? Oh yeah, man. We ain't sending our kids to government school. <laughs> so, I was homeschooled growing up. So were you, you homeschooled? Know, it happens. Yeah, most of my uh but your dad growing was up a teacher. I was yeah, I know. Is that why you were homeschooled? Because he's like, you know what? Probably. Yeah. He's like, this is prob- <laughs> oh, this is not funny. a good look. <laughs> wow. So who does that? Do, do you do that or does the the wife? Do you guys pitch in? Uh, mostly her. Mostly her? Yeah, mostly her. Um, but then you know, when I'm home or if I yeah yeah whatever happens i can obviously help usually it's like the reading and math stuff you help with the reading and math yeah oh fuck i couldn't do any of that shit like (laughs) yeah but 
I, I remember. So my daughter was out here and she was doing middle school with me. And I remember it was like seventh grade and, and she was showing me the problems mm-hmm. and she, you know, math has always been very easy to me. And so they inter like introduced like letters and shit. Right. After that, it was like, I had to, like, I remember to pass my, my math classes in college, I literally went out and bought the instructor's book and I just had to teach myself. <laughs> I had to teach myself because my instructors were the school I went. The, the only fucking language they spoke was math. I've, I've said they didn't, they didn't speak English as a first language, but they knew math. So I couldn't talk to them anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Like, so everything up to that point was super easy. Like I can, any basic shit, multiplication, division, whatever yeah. you fire off at me, I can solve it instantly. And so my daughter can't do that. And so that was a, that was a, that was tough for me to be like, in my head, I'm like, this is, not hard what and then out loud i'd be like yeah here let's look at it this way and i'm like i a i knew i couldn't be a teacher because if you don't have patience with your own kid to teach them how you gotta teach somebody else's and then b i just remember that's got to be hard because it's it's you come to i i would assume you come to it with a level of expectation based on yourself right so if your kids yeah they don't it's got to be challenging and you got three of them like i had one so i could just be like you know let me call her mom and be like what the fuck but you've got three that you sit there and look at all day. And is, is that just, does it get stressful or? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can. Um, I think we found, we've kind of found our groove this year. Uh, we found a curriculum where there's like a base. This is what we're going to learn about. And we kind of let them choose uh, the subject wise. Yeah. And then, so like Noah is the oldest. So then he'll have more work to do from the lesson. And then the younger two will have little things like, these are the letters we're learning, or this is the basic math we're learning. So even Reagan, who's three, Great name. he's yeah. So, <laughs> so we have, I have a watch well, just say Noah. Uh, so his name is Noah um, William named after three of my buddies that died yeah. and he is 10. And then Leonidas is six and then Reagan is three. So um yeah it's funny because the the younger two will just like they like schoolwork and they'll knock it out but noah's is like slow dragging his feet all the time so there's always one home and there's always yeah she's (laughs) just like you're gonna have to deal with him today (laughs) (laughs) that's great man that's so no i i give you a ton of credit because like i like i say i know my limitations and being an educator is not something i could ever do Mm, probably not maybe college where i could just no, I wouldn't even want to do that. So I, I that, no, that's too many that's, hot uh, girls in college. Yeah, that's true. Also, um, no, that's a that's that's pretty cool. So and your wife does that. Thank God bless her. That's just tough, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's good that you guys have made that decision for your own reasons. Obviously, yeah, I totally understand why, especially in this. <laughs> so when you go to choose your yeah. curriculum, did you get to where you like? Oh, CRT. Let's do that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, perfect. I want my kids to be a little racist. Awesome. Okay. Um, See, it's funny because when when she told me, she's like, I'm pregnant. Okay. Well, we, you know, kind of go through that and um, we get married and then have Noah, I think like a month later. Um, And so you obviously talk about like, what do you want to do for school and all these other things? And I was like, I I would really like to homeschool them just because I know that helped me a lot. And especially the way school is built nowadays it's just built for how girls learn and not how for how little boys learn um and so i wanted him to have the chance to learn subjects that he was interested in so that would help him actually be encouraged 
to progress in school. Um, and so kind of had to work on her and she talked to my mom and um, a, couple of my, a couple of my sisters homeschool. So the first, I don't know, maybe like two or three years, she was just kind of like hesitant about it. And then after the actual first year of doing just like little kindergarten stuff um, with Noah, she was like, oh, okay, I kind of understand this. And he, um, his tongue was like connected too far. So he had like a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. And so you, had to, so you had to go to like speech therapy and stuff. And that was kind of yeah. like the beginning of, oh, there is uh, a better option than just sending your kid to some building all day and then yeah. figuring it out later. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a process and we've, we've gone through a lot of different curriculum, just trying to find the right stuff, the right fit. Um, Cause all kids are, obviously kids are so different, but they all learn in such different ways. And when you're yep. homeschooling, you want to make sure you find the way that's best for them individually. And that's where I, that was one of the reasons I didn't want to send um, our kids to school is just because, you know, they go into a classroom and that teacher that's teaching that subject teaches everybody the same way yeah. and so on and so forth. And where, you know, when you, when you're homeschooled, you can focus on, okay, like, maybe like a month ago we focused on africa the continent and so they learned all their subjects reading math letters all that sort of stuff science animals they learned everything on africa and then they based all of the hey there's 10 giraffes plus two giraffes what does that mean Uh, finding place and stuff so it was and they picked it they got to pick hey what are we going to learn about today and then they would just base the subject or the subjects off what they wanted to learn. Um, And that just keeps them way more engaged, especially, you know, little boys are just ADD machines. They're different different species. I have a daughter. So yeah, they're totally different different species. So um, what, so, so I guess someone who would push back on that, what would you say, or how do you already do this when they say one of the arguments is, okay, well, how do they interact and socialize with other kids if they're not around them all day? Oh, well, first of all, you need to meet my kids because <laughs> Noah is a chatty Kathy and he won't he talk to anybody. Yeah. Like, and my middle kid goes to the adult, uh, a single guy, this older guy that lives across the street, really cool guy, but he just like goes over there and like knocks on the door and talks to him in the middle of the day, doesn't tell anybody, <laughs> just walks over there. So, um, having a beer I think with because the they have more, yeah, they have more <laughs> conversations with adults. So, I don't know. As a kid, I grew up in a lot of different um, like homeschool co-ops and church and stuff. And so there's definitely ways uh, for them to socialize. And then really what I think about is like, how are kids actually socializing at school though? Like what are they socializing about? Yeah, that's Um, true. I mean, we haven't had the birds and the bee talk, but the kid, their friend is like, Oh, like teasing my kids with his older sister, like, oh, they don't, they don't even know what this is yet. It's like, yeah, yeah, because you're nine. Like, I don't want you to know about that shit. Yet. Like, <laughs> it's a fair God. point. Yeah, yeah. my daughter um, will be sixteen this year, and I'm just like, oh, jeez, dude. Eh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing that people always come back with, is like, oh, they're not going to be as smart, or you know, how are you going to do testing and stuff like that. And there's just so much. There's so many phasing out a lot of that now. dumb shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at least in the state of California, I was, I thought it was interesting when they did. I think most schools did it last year because of COVID where they kind of did away with the need for uh, like standardized testing to get yeah. into college. And 
from what I remember reading fairly recently, I think California is doing away with that period, like no more standardized hmm. testing. And I always thought like, honestly, I know people who did better than me on the SATs and the ACTs. And I'm like, yeah, that motherfucker's not smarter than me. He's got better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like there's different types yeah. of intelligence is my point. And like a standardized sure. test doesn't reveal that one way or, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel like standardized testing and all that shit, I think that's kind of like a relic in a way. And, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I'm very traditional. I, I believe in a lot of stuff, but I don't think that should be a sole determining factor on someone's path, you know, into the next yeah. level of their life or whatever. So, you know, yeah, I think and, cool. you know, grow, growing up, it was just kind of like, oh, you're the weird homeschool kid. And then, <laughs> um, you know, they actually did a they did a bunch of studies and stuff, and they actually came out that homeschool kids get better scores on the standardized test, like ACT and SAT yeah, and that's stuff. Weird, so, huh? isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah, who would have thought? Interesting. You know, when you're solely focused on school and not all the other bullshit that comes along with when you're actually mm. going to a school. Do they play sports? So, uh, they're kind of they're into sports ish. Yeah, it's not like something. Uh, for me, it's hard because I'm like extremely passionate, so I don't want to yeah. force anything on them. Um, yeah. So they love watching sports, uh, but they would much rather just like build Legos and I don't know, dig in the backyard. So I'm yeah, that was my we- next transition. So how did, were you, you a big passionate sports guy? What did what did you do growing up? I just played baseball growing up. Was it really? Okay. I would have had yeah. you as a, I would have had you pegged as a football guy, but yeah, you were a baseball dude. I was a baseball dude. Then that's, you know, yeah. Uh, probably already heard. My dad. Yeah. My dad grew up. He played football and baseball. Um, super passionate about sports and kind of just passed that on to me. Um, and so now I watch everything like, watch, yeah. I mean, I get up at what five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning to watch, european football like i'm a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best thing about being on the west coast though for football yeah. it's like dude my oh, team's so good i'm a bears fan the game started at 10 a.m exactly man fucking hammered by one and you go take a nap and then you wake up and get the rest of the day you're fine the rest of the day good to go yeah that's i don't miss that about the east coast at all having to stay up till midnight to watch oh, geez, it like, seriously yeah. um, right what position did you play in baseball growing up? Uh, I was pretty much all over the place. Okay. Uh, in, uh, in high school, I was just like the general utility guy. So through four years of high school, I played every position except pitcher and first base. Um, Jesus, you're a big guy. I would have had you pegged as like a fucking... I was not a big guy then, though. No. <laughs> I didn't break 100 pounds until I was 16. What? Yeah. How uh, tall are you? 5'11". Okay. Damn, you're shorter than me. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're uh, fucking massive though. You're a big boy. Now I am. Now. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy how that works. <laughs> well, yeah. Testosterone, uh, man. It works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, when I my second tour, uh, we had such a good uh gym crew. Uh I went what from what else are you gonna fucking do over the <laughs> Yeah, I spent like five grand on supplements, and this was back when you could get like <laughs> real awesome. tests. And yeah, shit, all your all like your, your tax free money goes right back to that. Yeah, exactly. I went from one hundred and seventy eight pounds to two hundred and fifteen. Jesus, and that was the last time I've been below two two hundred pounds. So now I'm I'm. Let's see. This morning it was two thirty nine and a half or something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah, you're a big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, like, pick up heavy thing, put heavy thing back down. Oh, I like how you're that some dude was talking shit about you. And you're like, 
he posted the video of you curling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, bro, if you can't curl 65, don't talk. Don't <laughs> and talk I was like, <laughs> man, I can't curl 65. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to, I, you remember the dude, uh, I mean, it's not his name, but you know, it's Jack, okay. not Jack's kid. ghost, you know, when he would be curling. I'm just, I used to, I'm, I used to I'm fuck just with him like, bro, you can't do pull-ups. He's like, it's my <laughs> shoulder. I'm like, yeah, is it your shoulder? It's because you can't do pull-ups. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good dude, though. I like him. He's a good kid. Good dude. Um, uh, if, if you were watching this video, you may have seen my uh, my cat, Frankie. He's the new addition to the fam. Uh, he's now over here past the fuck out. Oh, he just woke up. He heard me talking about him. Um, yeah, first joint podcast with the with the cat. So be on the look for it's now There Will Be Bourbon featuring Frankie and guest. So, uh, oh, and he just got himself stuck on my pants. Frank, come on, bro. He's such a sweetheart. Like, the dude is like the sweetest cat ever. It makes no sense. His personality is the polar opposite of that fucking crazy other one that's in there. Uh, but anyway, enough enough cat talk. We'll we'll talk later, Frank. All right, I'll, I'll get you on the next episode. Um, so yeah, so okay, so now let's transition. The boys aren't quite playing sports yet, and that's fine. You know, I think it's a good approach. You know, if they want to play sports, they will. Like my daughter never really did. And I always like I got her into lifting a couple of years back to keep her kind of active and, and to get her mm-hmm. in a healthier position. And it worked. And I, I noticed she has a really good, like, I don't know if it was a desire to like impress me or maybe make me proud or whatever, but like, I know you don't do the CrossFit shit, which we'll get into, but okay. you know, after she would do her lifting, like she liked that I did CrossFit and she kind of wanted to mm-hmm. do some of that stuff. So I'd have her do some of those workouts and that fucking kid would never stop, never quit. And I always kind of like, look back in hindsight because i was gone so long i right. employed three times while she was since she was Jeez. born yeah so i just kind of and, and the way her mom and i always were like it just never the timing never worked there was always mm-hmm. a fucking issue with something <laughs> um but yeah i kind of look back and wonder i'm like because i was able to get to college to play sports and i always and her mom was fairly athletic you know she didn't do it like i did but i felt like she had enough like just natural athletic ability. If she would have just been able to see what she could do from seeing yeah. her, like just her own personal mentality, just with lifting and working out. And I was like, man, you probably could have been pretty fucking good at a sport. If you ever did it, just never wanted to, she just wants to draw <laughs> and read, which is cool. Also, that's fine. Yeah. Stay in the fucking room for all I care. At least yeah. I know you're not in trouble, you know, but then there's also a side of me and maybe exactly. you'll experience this. It's like, I remember telling Maddie, I'm like, you know, babe, someday I just want to get a phone call from like, an authority figure saying, Hey, we have your daughter here. Cause she was out doing that. I just want to be like, yes, that fucking kid finally got in some trouble. And I was always <laughs> in trouble, man. Like my brother, he was in trouble too. Like we, and we turned out all right, <laughs> but yeah, like she's just such a really good and well-behaved and respectful <laughs> kid. And I'm just like, God, just fucking hop a fence. You're not supposed to hop sometime, something shit, right? Sneak out at least do something. <laughs> so I can be like disappointed on the outside, but smiling on the inside, you know, but yeah, those are kids. What's up, Frank? Exactly. So, all right. So you're a big you're a big lifter guy, right? You did all the lifting, and I think we all did the same thing. When you're overseas deployed, you have nothing else to do but lift. Oh, so, that is just true. But you hate CrossFit, huh? Oh my God, do I hate CrossFit so much? It's Tell me why terrible. you hate CrossFit so much. <laughs> because weightlifting is not an exercise that you should be doing, um, like CrossFitters do. It's a very. Well, I think you're, the lifts I, are so technical. Well, I also think, I think you're confusing possibly the, the sport aspect, which is not CrossFit 
well with the with the actual crossfit prescription right for the average person because not everyone's a fucking crossfit games athlete that's like comparing that's like saying you know you shouldn't play basketball because you're trying to be like lebron james no i'm not trying to be like lebron james he's a good example of the peak of the sport but he's not the average basketball player you know i think uh yeah but you still do olympic weightlifting at a crossfit gym that you do for time instead of for technique which is what well, the technique weightlifting is, is so but that's what i'm saying like you, i think you're mixing the the metcon if you will which is you know you're never going to do something crazy that you can't fucking control weight wise if you are that's a failure of the coaching which usually you don't have anymore but then there's the strength aspect which is when you're probably talking about what you should be working on right so the the technique or the actual controlling a heavier weight as opposed to in a metcon as they call it a metabolic conditioning where you're doing a lightweight for for reps right right okay I just, I just think CrossFitters are losers. They're like vegans. You're gonna, they're gonna let you know. <laughs> no, it's that's it's such a, like an old stereotype. It's old is stereotype. it though? I think it is. is it, I think, I think, I think like so. I mean, CrossFit's been around for twenty fucking years at this point. Like it's, I know. You'll right? still get like the new person who gets really into some of the shit, and it's kind of like, all right, man, I get it. Now you're every every shirt you own's a rogue shirt. I got it. I went through that phase. Don't get me wrong. So I first learned about CrossFit in 2008 when I was in a drill starting school, actually. One of the guys that, that taught me about it, uh, this dude, Donald Forbes, he's a former Ranger dude, um, ended up opening a gym and all this shit. But I used to see him doing all this crazy shit after hours behind the behind our, our, our barracks. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He had gymnastic rings out there. He's doing like handstand yeah. pushups up against the wall. He's doing all kinds. Of, and he told me, he told me about the website. And this was before, like CrossFit wasn't what it is now like no, it was back in 2008 not. yeah it was still very website driven and um so yeah i used to go on and look at the workout of the day i'm like okay i can do that or i can't do that and i was just kind of picking shoes and i never really learned what it actually was and how to do it properly until i was in afghanistan in 2013 and i just happened mm-hmm. to come back and you know while i was over there i really got into it learning about you know at the time rich fronin was the, the crossfit games champion and his gym was an hour yeah. away from my fucking parents in tennessee so i was like oh shit so i got to learn from that dude at his gym like i got to learn from the yeah. best in the world which kind of spoiled me so it was cool like i and i can i totally get everything that is associated with it negatively and positively but you know at the end of the day I think hey, I'm I'm not mad that you're at the gym. Okay. I'm just proud that you're there. Okay. Right, I just that's wish the you thing, would. Right. So my thing is like, look, whatever people find that they can do to keep them healthy and active, great. You know, yeah. is it is it powerlifting for everyone? No. Is it is it is it curling 65 pounds in the gym for everybody? No, because most people can't do that. It could so be. That, it could be, but <laughs> you know, most people don't want to do CrossFit. And, you know, Maddie, she does this weird, crazy ass fucking hot yoga and shit when it's like 130 degrees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's oh. awful. But she that can do sounds it. terrible. I, it does. It absolutely does. Yeah, whatever. I'm just glad that we're in an era in our society where, you know, for the most part, you know, yeah, there's a lot of shitty ass fucking food and diets. But for the most part, our, I think we're a lot more active than we've ever been. Um, and if people choose to not be active and be fat bodies, then great. You're going to be easy to you're going to be a loot drop as a, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely going to be. There's so many loot term. drops. Fucking bourbon's kicking. Greg, in. why don't you buy more ammo? I don't know because the fat guy down the street, listen, he's collecting all my ammo for me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you though, because uh, I get, did did you have a, a knee injury or something that's been preventing you from? Yeah, uh, uh, so I worked for uh, DOS for a while with Triple Canopy, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And in February 19, a few days before I was coming home, uh, we're outside going for a run. And I had, yeah, in Afghanistan, it's the worst. It's so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad, but you know, got to do it. So I, we went out to run and I stepped on some, what I thought was some just gravel and it was ice underneath. So my knee went that way and my body went that way. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that didn't feel good at all. Were you in Bagram? So, uh, no, I was in, I was at the embassy. Okay. Okay. Up in Kabul. Okay. Yeah. So I was there in 2013. I was at NKC across the street. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, oh, dude, they have really good Thai food across the street, didn't he? Over there. Oh, dude, the whole area, like the food. What was weird about that place? Like, did you go over to NKC? Did you ever? Oh, dude, we went every Friday. So if you lived in NKC, like there was a way where you technically, you didn't ever have to go outside. No way. You went from your barracks. And the only time you would technically be outside <laughs> was when you were crossing the walkway, which was literally just, you know, a sidewalks width to right. go to the next building that had DFAC and the stairs that oh led to God. all your work areas and the stairs that led down to the gym. <laughs> but the only way to really go outside it was you had to want to, because there was no windows in your building because the, yeah. you know, the walls were all fucking blast proof and shit. So yeah, like I used to have to make it a conscious decision. Like, all right, Eric, go outside for 15 minutes today <laughs> after, you know. Just... But yeah, like my buddies and I, we would get up, we would go to the gym at four, go back to bed for a half hour from five to 5.30, go eat breakfast, then go to work from seven to, you know, nine. But in the meantime, yeah. either at lunch or at three, we would either go back to the gym or go do fucking CrossFit shit at three. Like, that's the greatest part about being deployed is you brought wow. it. It's like, it's just, you get to work out and eat whatever the fuck you want. This is true. Whenever you want. It was great. You, know, you just know, hope nothing right? bad happens. Like, oh, right I feel there. hungry at two o'clock in the morning. I'll <laughs> yeah. go get some food. Oh, God, I love it. So I, we, I, there was poker there. I remember I used to play poker with these dudes. Oh, nice. It was usually the contractors or like the civilians, you know, the ones yeah. that had money to risk. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we'd sit, like It was so dumb. Like I just remember being at NKC doing these fucking poker tournaments, which was fun just because it was something to do. But like we're sitting there with, you know, like four empty bottles of near beer as if it's re- I'm like, what are we doing <laughs> but it was <laughs> frankie what's up bud you coming back no all right yeah like it's in case he was a great time but um no i always remember the image that i remember nick describing the first goon zoom as like being around the smoke pit oh like yeah and, shit. and that was the only reason i used to go out after i talked myself to go like go outside it's like you know what mm-hmm. I, I picked up smoke yeah, it's fucking deploy you pick up a smoke just so you can sit out and hang out with people and talk right and that's all it was <laughs> that's all it was and it was fun and so when he said that descriptor i was like man that shit just reminds me of fucking afghanistan that's all we did was sit around the smoke pit every every two hours and talk shit right and it was fun the good times it was a good time and it's hard and you probably know this but uh it's hard for people still, I think now, like, dude, I've been in the army 19 fucking years, man. And I still, my best times have always been when I'm not here. It's when I've been deployed. And I try to explain mm-hmm. that people don't conceptualize it because their only, their only concept of war is just like, Oh, it must be awful and terrible things all the time. And I'm like, no, it's actually pretty fucking fun. Like being with just your people and hanging out. And <laughs> the only thing you got to worry about that day is what you have to do that day. 
exactly and, you know, and, and it was fun and yeah there's some negative shit that goes with it but for the most part like those were the best years of my you said 26 months like i bet most of that time you probably love to do again yeah definitely i mean you know the shitty times were the shitty times but they made the good times right. so much better that much fucking better yeah um yeah that was great man like i i, I still so i still sit and I, I, i've told this fucking story way too much i really need to just start writing it but like the best nine weeks of my army life was drill sergeant school. Just, really? Just like the storm, the perfect storm of the dudes, because it was our class was in two barracks buildings. One was really small. that had two squads and the other was a bigger one that had squads three through seven. And it was all alphabetical order. But for whatever mm-hmm. reason, first and second squad where I was at, where we lived, were the funniest, the most authentic, most genuine dudes i've ever been around in my life and we were all fucking troublemakers and it was oh, dude everybody Perfect. else hated fucking hated us but we won every award we we won every, we were the best at everything and it was just a great nine weeks and just the collection of dudes was just fucking awesome and it was yeah. fucking hilarious the shit we did for nine weeks and got away with number one and i always talk about like that's the best stuff that people don't realize because there's so many movies out there that either you know glamorize the honor aspect or they they talk about the law and like there's a, but what people don't realize is that the military well maybe not the military but the army at least has some of the funniest motherfuckers you'll ever meet right oh, and it's dude. just like, those are the stories i don't think are shared because a people either don't bother sharing them or they don't fucking know but like that 9 weeks if i ever write it is is going to be fucking funny as fuck yeah, the funniest guy I've ever met in my life was John Shanowski. And dude, oh my God, our first appointment, he just like the stupidest shit we did to make each other laugh. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I got to tell the story. So he is in the truck with my LT and team leader. It gets blown up. He gets ejected. He's on fire, whatever. End of the firefight. He's sitting in the, yeah. He's sitting in the back of the ambulance and um, Rosado had like pulled him up out of the canal and everything. <clears throat> and so to tell it from Rosado's po- point of view, um, and he's like this crazy Puerto Rican guy from Puerto Rico, like hilarious. So Ski's sitting there. He's in shock. He's on ketamine. Everything's burnt off of him, his pants. He just has his flak vest on. And, and you know the old school flak vest had that big old yeah fl- yes. big old dick flap yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah so so ski's sitting there and he's like Rosado where's that do I still got my dick and Rosado telling the story is like I pretend to look down but I don't see any I just tell him he's good it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god like dude you you get blown up. And the first thing is like, oh, is my dick still there? Like, that's a valid amazing. thought. Like, I, mean, the f- I mean, it really is. Yeah. Like, like the presence like, of mind. What's to the think point about if it. it's not there? Like, hey, man, sorry. Yeah, like, oh, just probably like, you know what? Just fucking shoot me. You know, just fucking shoot me. <laughs> I struggled with that, man. Exactly. I used to think about that. Yeah. Same the funniest dudes are definitely the dudes that you meet in the army for sure. Yeah. Well, I struggle because I remember, like, you know, going to CIF the first time where it's like, oh, and this is the, the flat flak flap to protect your shit and it has to snap on under the IOTV and I was just like they wouldn't have made this if that wasn't an actual reason to make it yeah and what you're telling me is dudes have lost their dicks and I'm not going to do that I'm not going to be one of the ones that comes back with the, the dicks gone I'm just not coming back 
I'm definitely yeah. not living the rest of my life without a dick. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Please, There's a few no. things I've decided I probably won't do. One's probably in a wheelchair. I haven't really come to terms with that, but I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to live the rest of my life like that. Oh. And two, I'm not doing it without a dick. Just not yeah. doing it. And if I can't oh, taste bourbon, no. which is what I felt last year when I had COVID. I was in like day five. I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty fucking close to drowning myself. I'm not going to go the rest of my life. I'm not do it. Like I can't chase bourbon anymore. God damn it. No, I can't do this. Well, Maddie knows. Like I was like day five. I was super grumpy. I was like, what? Why are you calling me? I can't taste anything. Oh, and then the next day I was like, hey, babe, guess what? I can taste bourbon again. It's great. Shit's over. That's all. We're good. We're good. Yeah, that was my only side effect from the fucking COVID shit. Did you get that shit? No. I mean, no. I probably had it. Then, uh, yeah. I was, uh, I worked for a welding and gas company. We also do a medical uh, side. So we supply oxygen hmm. to patients in their hmm. home. And so, I don't know, last year I probably set up over 100 patients with COVID. Wow. And I mean, I wore all my PPP, boss. Um, and confirm, I saw the pictures you wore. It. Yeah, perfect. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm sure I probably was exposed to it a, a million times, but I never got like sick or anything. So, yeah, it's a weird time to be alive, man. It really is super weird. Cause I was talking about, it. so you, you, yeah. would, you could probably relate to this since you're not that far behind me when school was, dude, does this shit happen when we were in school? You think they would have shut the fucking schools down? It couldn't. There was no zoom. There was no fucking Google class there. And you're doing homeschool, <laughs> but still like, you know, couldn't right? take people out of the school. You would have just been like, man, nah, this sucks. You do it. Do, do your best. Stay healthy. But you were definitely going to fucking school. Like, what are you going to do? Fucking, yeah. you know, school over the AOL instant messenger with the dial up. Right. No, I don't, I don't think they would have even done lockdowns. Like, no, you couldn't. I don't think it there just even... wasn't a way to make everybody terrified when we were kids. So that that's also true. You only had like cable news was still in its infancy. So yeah, yeah. You only had six, I believe, MSNBC and C. Oh no, C, yeah, MSNBC and Fox came out in '96 or '97. Yeah, something like that. Right in the middle of the uh, Clinton administration. Yeah, and, and CNN was still reputable. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. That was a long time ago. I remember. Yeah, I remember the moment I realized that CNN was dead was when <laughs> was when Don Lemon asked if that Malaysian airplane disappeared oh, into a black hole. I was like, I was all right, I can't. I yeah, can't I was in Afghanistan. This Holy anymore, bro. That like, was on, dude, bro. That was on like either at breakfast or midnight chow. Like, because, you know, they only played they played like one channel on this side. And, the other, and I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one that happened. Because hey, I still think back on that. Did they ever figure that shit out? Like, I don't think they ever found it. <laughs> Because there was like, the, for the longest time, it was like, oh, Russia shot it down. And I was like, yeah, that's plausible because they shot down yeah. the entire fucking pop, like the Polish president and parliament, like around that time. Yeah. Like, like literally the entire government of Poland gets shot down on a plane and Russia's like, oh, no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. They should have. They never should have broke free. It's their fault. But yeah. So, yeah, like that airline, they never figured out what the fuck happened, did they? Maybe it got swallowed by a black hole. It could be real. Who fucking yeah, knows? Right. It's Who just knows? it's hanging out with Amelia Earhart somewhere in the South oh, Pacific. Just... Can you imagine? I always thought about. Can you imagine being an aviator back then? Oh, like you know what? Let's I see don't... if we can fly across the world. Let's fly across the Atlantic Ocean. How about we don't? How about we don't? <laughs> <laughs> no, we <laughs> it's don't. It's just like 
These I'll planes have been around for like 20 years, bro. I don't know if we should be doing this. Are you, did you did you ever did you go to airborne school? Uh, I went to airborne school and and I was there. Uh, <laughs> and then I was not there. And it was not there. What did you do? Uh, did you well, see what had happened was Uh-oh. I wore a riggers belt and I didn't know that you couldn't wear a riggers uh-huh. belt. And um Private so Greg no was ejected that. from airborne <laughs> school. So instead of going to the 101st, <laughs> Greg had to go to third ID instead, which actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. So well, I mean, why would you want to be the only actual airborne qualified guy in the 101st? Oh god. god. <laughs> <So true. laughs> Where's our 101st boys? They're so bitter right oh now. Oh my god, why don't they just change the fucking name to Aerosol? I don't get it. It's not you're like you're not holding on to I get it. You guys are the band of brothers. Yay. But no, so my point before I go on the rant is like there's that stone outside the harness shed of like the first volunteers yeah. for and I'm just I remember seeing that. And I was, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Touch in, everybody. I need volunteers. <laughs> Jump out of that plane. <laughs> like, uh, and if, if, if I remember correctly, I think there's only like one or two officers on there. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Officers it's like, like some ah. fucking lieutenant, like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Do I get promoted? They had to send one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then not only that but here's my favorite part was like being inside the harness shed and uh you see all the the the, the crest and everything and there's like the glider infantry and i was like what the fuck is the glider infantry and i went down a like a a google round a rabbit hole after my first jump trying to figure out what the gliders were and i'm like okay first off i don't know how you convince the first dudes to jump out of planes but how'd you convince a group of motherfuckers to get on a glider <laughs> <laughs> that shit made no sense to me right we're gonna tow this behind an airplane yeah and, and then just, and then you guys are gonna yeah. land and wherever you, you land at the jump if you're alive yeah. just get out and start fucking shit up <laughs> okay that sounds like a plan uh, and we weren't even the first ones to do it apparently the russians did that shit from what i remember oh my god the russians are the germans Jeez somebody Louise. did it. it clearly didn't last long but so even to this day Unless they've changed it since I left, but Florida has, because uh, Florida, if you don't know this, use this trivia time. Florida has the most personal license plates that you can get, right? So not surprising at all. Like whatever you can think of, yeah. you buy a license plate for it in the state of Florida. <clears throat> one of them is the airborne paratrooper one, but on the oh, paratrooper cool. tag it says paratrooper at the bottom, but it's got the the insignia for airborne and the insignia for glider. And I never knew what the fucking glider one was until I actually yeah. went there. I saw it and I was like, oh shit, that's them. And I just want to know if there's anyone still alive who has a fucking glider tag. <laughs> or is glider qualified? Because those dudes probably, there's not many left from World War II anyway. But I just want to know if there's, yeah, there's anyone not. out there glider qualified. And if there is, could someone message me on Twitter at Eric TWBB and let me know if there's a glider infantry qualified dude because I'd love to talk to him and, and just wonder. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Crazy shit. I think we used it in Operation Market Garden and then they scrapped it and they're like, yeah, that's a bad idea. Oh, Market Garden was a shit show, anyways. <sighs> World War Thanks, II. Thanks, Money. Fucking World War II. Yeah. It's the last war we won. Well, never mind. We won Desert Storm. We won the Korean War ish. I, it, I mean, it's still technically going on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> I mean, China kind of quit. They're like, ah, <laughs> he has got to the 48th parallel. Did you, ever read it, like, did you ever read some of the Ranger stories from Korea? Like, oh, those dude, yeah, there's this, oh, what's his, this is account I follow on Instagram. 
and it's like half of their posts are about guys that were awarded medals of honor from Korea. It's just like, oh yeah, this guy killed 300 Chinese, you know, like with a bayonet. And you're like, yeah. what? How? <laughs> and he lived very tech. He was shot 30 times. <laughs> yeah, there's a crazy like so my grandfather, he he passed a few years, well, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Shit, damn, time flies. But he was in Korea and he went over there as an 18-year-old. Mm. His first night, they put him on the 50 cal and uh, they got overrun. <laughs> like that's those are the types of stories he would tell us and i just remember coming back from iraq in 04 and you know trying to he would he would just ask questions because he was curious and he would always ask questions no matter what no matter when it was and i'd always be like i don't got anything cool to fucking <laughs> nothing like that like i mean <laughs> i waited to be overrun on christmas eve in 2003 in iraq it didn't happen but <laughs> you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't have any actual stories grandpa like you yeah, so that, like it's just the stories back then, man, which is fucking nuts. And it would have been so much cooler to be back then because maybe the stories weren't even real, but you wouldn't know. <laughs> right? Like, all right, guys, we're yeah. all going to make so, up a is story. Is this like a fishing story where you guys you caught like a <laughs> yeah. five-pound fish, but it turned into a hundred-pound fucking shark and you had to escape from, you know, Moby Dick? I don't know. Yeah, crazy shit, man. That's good times. So, all right, so let me let me transition into what your hope oh look at that that's got a random text from sergeant hensbro he was uh he was in the school with me oh that's so random i haven't talked to that dude in like two years see greg you bring about like random acts of arminess texting (laughs) (laughs) so one of my buddies yeah i haven't talked to you in like 10 I, i haven't talked to him in like 10 years and he texted me on after the fights on saturday i was like hey dude you want to talk i was like sure bro yeah <laughs> yeah so i forgot you're like big ufc guy man you would have loved going oh, to fucking what was it 264 we went to oh yeah the mcgregor fight dude Let's jack i'm gonna keep using his name as jack because he doesn't want to use his real name but yeah dude he Fair was enough. so like he, he was so he was so bitter like he was I just bet. like man these fights suck because mcgregor got hurt oh, but the problem was with mcgregor getting hurt which was fine for me because I bet against him and I was that was the fourth How fight of my parlay. I made a ton you. of money that weekend because I mean it was a good bet because we knew Connor wasn't gonna knock him out. So yeah, well, so the problem was like he was already in a kind of a bad mood because the Burns fight before that with Thompson oh, was so fucking bad. Burn. Like it was the like yeah. we're all just sitting there like so- oh my god, is this some like the entire arena was just quiet. Like nobody yeah. was, there was never a moment where you're like, yeah, everyone was just like, oh, look, there's Donald Trump. That's pretty much all everyone focused on was Trump was sitting there. Uh, but yeah. Outside of the O'Malley fight with that fucking zombie, he fought. Oh, holy everything shit, after that dude. just kind of wasn't very good. But uh, yeah, like that no. O'Malley, whoever that dude, he fought with the green hair. I was like, holy shit, this fucking treasure troll is not fucking around. Not at all. O'Malley, <sighs> like, I don't, did you rewatch the fight? I didn't rewatch it. No. Okay. Like it. When you watch it, O'Malley's hitting him obviously with everything, the kitchen yeah. sink, and this kid's just coming forward. And you can see on O'Malley's face, like, holy shit, this kid is never going away. Like, <laughs> I need a pace. Like, in the middle to the later half of the second round, he's like, oh shit. Like, you can tell yeah. he's like, I'm pouring everything out right now. And this kid's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks for yeah. that. I'll just keep eating this. Well, like, keep going. Like, oh my God, bro, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it is weird because, you know, <clears throat> so I'll get your take on this too after I say it, but. He knocks him down with a few seconds left in the first round, and I thought he could have knocked him yeah. out. 
And then the clock, like the, he was kind of saved by the bell, I thought. And then from that point on, he was never really in any danger like that until the ref decided to just stop watching this guy get his face punched in in the third round. Yeah. But so GSP, I was listening to him on Joe Rogan several months ago, and he talked about like he always either he always thought or he feels like MMA should only be one round. Like you don't get to be saved by the, like if we're going to have a 15 minute fight or we're going to have a 25 minute fight, like that's what we're going to do. We're not going to get the five minute, you know, you don't get the one minute break because that could, that, that rest period sometimes changes the fight or it changes momentum, whatever. And I always, and I remember thinking Mm -hmm. like, you know, he brings up a good fucking point and he probably would be fine because he was one of the most greatest conditioned fighters ever. What what do you think about, would you like to see some shit like that? I don't know. I like the pride rules where they're the longer first round. Yeah, dude, pride was so uh, insane in this moment. Why did uh, that dude, go away? Like here, because like... uh, they stopped w- making money. I don't know how, but might have been the UFC's fault. To be honest. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I don't think they had a big enough U.S. market base, and yeah. you can only. And as UFC's gaining market share, and they're pulling all more and more good fighters, like they had a lot of pro Japanese pro wrestling fighters. And then the, yeah. you know, the Don Fry's and the Coleman's and things uh-huh. like that. Um, but you I'm can only dragon fry. Yeah. And you know, crow cops over there, Fedor, yeah. but Fedor was at that point. I mean, yeah, I wish people would have got to see him in his prime oh, in UFC. God, dude, dude, him and Randy should have fought, man. God, there's so like, disappointing. I, they never fought. There's so many dudes that kind of like, they came just before, like their time was before, it was really good to be shown yeah. to the world. Like the way UFC is now and don't get me wrong. Oh. I think the fighters in the UFC now, they're just so fucking technically skilled that maybe they wouldn't have done great either way. I don't know, but man, watch Fedor like never had emotion. And that dude was just a fucking kill. Like that's just, that dude's my size. He's literally six feet, two or five. And yeah, that's not some dude I would want to come across. Even to no, this day. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Dan Henderson hit him with everything, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, Fedor's just gonna keep coming." You're like, "This, how is this possible? <laughs> it's like, not healthy. This doesn't make sense at no. all." Like, uh, Nogueira had his arm in that nasty armbar in their first fight. It was just he like, never showed pain. He never had a moment. None. Like, he even grimaced as if it hurt. <laughs> Which is almost no. like the dude now. Wow, what's it? Ferguson, Tony Ferguson. He's the same. Yeah, way. Ferguson when he got his knees. Yeah, he's like oh. bending his knee and another. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm good. Yeah. Well, that's a different type of human, man. Like my brother's trained that yeah. shit and he's done it for years. And he's always like, Man, I could never be a soldier, like all this shit. I'm like, bro, you literally like getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that is not something I will ever have to deal with unless it's like, you know, some random fucking hand-to-hand combat shit which i'm probably never gonna see especially now but yeah like that's a different type of human that likes to that doesn't mind getting punched in the face it really is yeah i liked it i tried out for the ultimate fighter in 2010 how'd that go i flew to chicago met shoney carter that was cool uh yeah it was fun i tried out for it It i wasn't going anywhere i didn't have any pro fights or anything so and that was the USA versus UK season. So, so what's the trial consist of? Like getting punched in the face? Uh, first, yeah, they uh, at that time it was you, you did a grappling session. And then oh, if okay. you made it past the grappling section, then they did like you, you hit mitts after mm-hmm. that. And then they did interviews. So I made it to the striking session and then didn't make past that. But 
It was a good time. It was super fun. It was just like a weekend. <clears throat> so you're one of those weirdos that likes getting punched in the face, right, Greg? Yeah, I don't mind. I used to roll my shins all the time with a with a uh, rolling pin. What? So yeah, <laughs> that's how you deaden the nerves in your. Yeah, I ain't gonna shins. lie, man. Like every time I feel my shin, that's just like, ah, oh, that shit hurts. So every <laughs> time... <laughs> nah, I'm not. A, I'm just not built for that, man. Like you know, if I need to fight, I can fight, but I'm just not. No, I don't know. Yeah, I like um, the grappling aspect aspect grappling's awesome like that was the one thing so in, in drill sergeant school like combatives level one yeah. was just really coming into the army and i enjoyed that that was fun i used to i actually was really good at getting arm bars on people mm-hmm. the one where you get behind the neck and just fucking get them in that angle where you're like here does that work yeah and then you bring, yeah. Yeah, that was fun i could do that but that shit tires you the fuck out man so Dude, like yeah we did like we would do round robin of like two minutes at a time and then we'd rotate mm-hmm. for eight rounds brutal like there's not much like i've done everything to kind of be in good shape and what i've really figured out is nothing really prepares you to be in shape for what you think you should be prepared to be in shape for if that makes sense (laughs) no totally i could run a 13 30 two minute mile back then and it didn't matter like a minute into that fucking shit i'm 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 dead yeah i can't completely smoked yeah like i and my brother would talk about it too like fighting shape is a different type of shape like any of that jujitsu or anything on the ground like that's yeah. a totally different type of cardio i don't even know how you train it without you just have to fucking do it it's a lot of doing it that way you can get past the i'm just using my muscles to be strong at it and then once you get past that point you're it's technique wise so yeah you're not fatiguing yourself as much i mean it still sucks it's <clears throat> terrible yeah so I, I rode with one dude who was a legit brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt once and mm. i couldn't even i couldn't even understand what he was doing to me like it made no sense <laughs> like it, it was just that's how you just know like you're in a totally you're just not in the world where you belong and that was it yeah <laughs> say i don't know what no for sure He's, the first time you you roll with somebody that's a black belt you're like oh okay this man could just kill me right now yeah, people it was just fucking effortless man it was just yeah. fucking effortless it was effortless it's funny you brought up um was it Dan Henderson? Is Dan Henderson the one with the big ass head and the little ass caps? Is that Henderson? Mm, I don't think so. I think that's him. No. Big ass head and little calves? Yeah. I, I really never checked out Dan Henderson's well, calves. I, I have a the, point. There, there's a point. Let me see if this is the guy I'm thinking of. Because I was in so when I was in Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. I'll I'll send you the picture later. Uh, but no, okay. so when I was in Kuwait in 2015, Dan Henderson came, like him and a few other dudes came and they, mm-hmm. so inside uh, on Camp Arif John, you have the big fucking, the, the big ass fucking building, right? And then half of it's across the gym and the other half is a, uh, for combatives, like a big ass fucking mat and everything. And Henderson yeah. and a few others came as like a USO tour, right? And so I remember Dan Henderson, like I'm on the, I'm on one of the lifting platforms and they're doing their shit. So I was like, Oh shit, that's Dan Henderson. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, dude, big ass fucking head. His fucking calves are like this made no sense. <laughs> calves are like my forearms. I have a picture of it. I send it to my brother. I'm like, bro, Henderson's calves are tiny. What the fuck? That's another dude. Like one of those dudes that you just don't want to fucking find yourself on the wrong end with, you know what I mean? Is no, he wasn't that big. I think, I think he probably fought at 185 or whatever, but I just, yeah, he fought at 185 and then so he, he walks won the around title probably like 205, 210, whatever. Yeah. So he's, yeah. Yeah. But he, like, 
when you saw him, like, yeah, from his head looked like he was a fighter, but like, if you just saw that dude, you probably would be like, oh, he's just a dude, like, bro. Don't, don't. <laughs> and that's what's crazy about now. And I'm glad I'm older and I don't have to deal with this shit. Like, you know, being a young idiot in clubs and shit. It's like, nowadays, you don't know who yeah. the fuck you're walking. You don't know who you're getting involved with, man. Right. Like Some it, little 135-pounder hits you up with, like, 15 punches in two seconds. Yeah. You're like, and you're oh, just shit. like, what the fuck just happened? What just happened is you got knocked out. That's what happened, sir. Yeah. Okay? So stop fucking around, man. <laughs> Get the fuck yeah, out of the like, club right now. <laughs> oh god, like I don't yeah, because man, there's just too many people that do this stuff. And which I also yep. once again, I am all for people being the most lethal versions of themselves, whatever it is, you know, whether it's trained with weapons or trained with firearms or just trained with your fucking fist and feet. Whatever makes people, you know, lethal, I think is a good thing. Cause you probably know this already or or think the same thing is like most people in this fucking country or in this world, they're just fucking soft, man. They're loot drops. They yeah, they really are. They have no concept of what <clears throat> real pain and suffering, what hard times really are. It's like, oh, you know, I didn't get my Starbucks this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, fucking yeah. Amazon came two days late. Grace <laughs> <laughs> lady. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things that still bothers me to this day about about America. Like, like, trust me, I love my country. I love everything about it. But the fact that we there's some some true pain and suffering going on in this world. And you've seen mm-hmm. it. You've been in the region of the world where it exists. And uh, yeah, like most people will never understand that concept. And they don't even watch the fucking news or whatever it is to see a glimpse of it anyway. All they know is YouTube. Right. And they're fucking, yeah. like you said, you know, whatever, whatever inconvenience they experience throughout the day from, you know, a third party. Yeah. Fucking irks me, Greg. That's why I wanted to start my combat ski resort in Bagram where I just drop <laughs> tourists off and they have to survive. Just make it down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful country <laughs> over there. Did you go to Afghanistan or just Iraq? No, you did yeah. go. You went as a, as a, as yeah. as a contractor. It's a beautiful yeah. country, man. It feels dude, it sucks. unbelievable. It was a, uh, I don't know. It was a, uh, it was a wild experience for me. Um, I really loved the country. Like, I love the high mountains. I love mountains. Like, fucking cool. Um, I was on a uh, QRF that was uh, helicopter only, so mm-hmm. we drew, we flew in Hueys <laughs> that wow. had bullet holes from Vietnam. Yeah, I was gonna say and, that's uh, you know. It's part yeah. of the course. And then, <laughs> yeah, 40. And then we rode in 46s. So, okay. the little baby Chinook. Yeah. Um, Were those the Sigorsky one, that model? Yeah. 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 So, that's what they always sent us in. And I, it, that, dude, that was my first <laughs> trip was the first time ever on a helicopter was from flying into Bagram oh. and then up to NKC. And it was like a 12 minute mm-hmm. flight. But I just remember, like, this doesn't feel safe. Yeah, just and the first the time they fire off flares. Field. Yeah, we're only flying like fifteen hundred feet off the ground. I'm like, shouldn't we be higher? <laughs> I can see people. Yeah, can like, see this, me. Is this is a really weird flight route. Are you guys sure about this? Yeah, that was, that was a weird time, man. That's cool though. They, yeah, but yeah, I always thought like, especially remember the only time I ever got to fly on a Blackhawk was coming back from Bagram and like, we couldn't get a flight out. Like we're in the PAX terminal and just, 
you know, we weren't priority. So everybody kept getting priority. And then all of a sudden some full birds, like you guys need to ride back to NKC. (laughs) Yes, sir. We sure do. He's like, come on my bird. And we got on with a black Hawk and these fuckers had two like gunners on each side. I'm like, this is new. (laughs) (laughs) And we flew super low over the mountains. I'm like, all right, well now I see why you have the gunners here, but I'm also just like, can't we go higher? Please. But I just remember looking out the little, you know, little hole on the side and like, man, that's fucking beautiful. Cause it was winter in Bagram and oh, fucking dude, such a beautiful amazing. mountains, man. Yeah. And then out and then leaving, you know, the next year we were playing the Polish in a volleyball game on Bagram. And I just got all these <laughs> pictures of the, the mountains in the background. And to me, I remember thinking, especially when I got out here, I was like, man, that looks like fucking California. Like that's what it yeah. looked like. It looked like the fucking mountains of California. And I was just like, Another side of the world, but man, it looks like home. Kind of. Kind of. Weird. Smells different. Definitely smells different. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely smells different. And you know what? It, I know we've turned it over, but the Popeyes on Bagram, those aren't <laughs> American biscuits. Those aren't the same biscuits they serve in America. Those biscuits sucked. <laughs> and Popeyes, whoever you contracted out to, you gave them the wrong recipe because those aren't the biscuit recipe. <laughs> so, the lying. Yeah, the line fucking. Yeah, what else you gotta wait for? There's nothing else to do. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Like, uh, I don't know if you like random pop songs like I do. Ooh, nice catch. Fuck that. Who's your base? Do you have a baseball team? Uh, yeah, the Mariners, Mariners. and uh, the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. All right, at least yeah. one of those teams is good. Yeah, well, you know. Well, I'm watching the Giants game right now. Four nothing. Uh, they nothing. suck. Do they really? Because I'm pretty yeah, sure they won terrible. three World no, Series this time. No, that's cool. That's nah, fine. You're bitter. It's okay. It's not a problem. Listen, okay. um, but anyway, it's four nothing in the bottom of the second. And uh, no, this they're playing Arizona. This dude just made this jumping catch into the wall. He held on. <clears throat> Looks like he's not feeling very well. Playing Arizona. You mean the team that's not trying to win? That's fine. I just need wins to get more space between us and the Dodgers. So like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, you know. I hope the Dodgers lose tonight. They're playing the they're playing the Phillies. Uh, I hate the fucking dot. Oh. I hate everything about LA. Like the fuck that place. Fuck that team. <laughs> you know, the angels are fine, but fuck the Dodgers. Fuck the Lakers. Fuck everything from LA. That's a fair point. I mean, I like Bauer. Well, the Clippers. I'm cool right with. Now. Yeah. I'm cool with the Clippers, but mm. um, no, I hate, I just like LA is just so growing up in Florida where I did, and I don't know, maybe I don't know. You grew up in Washington State, right? Close to Canada. Yeah. What was your perception of California growing up? Because me in Florida, I think our perception until especially getting out here is like most people on the East Coast only associate California with LA, like Southern California. Well, uh, <clears throat> my great grandfather was a superintendent of San Diego School District. So he had a house in La Jolla. So oh, wow. a lot of summers were spent down there. So that's, that's my experience of California. That's so, awesome. yeah. So when you got a large family, hotels are out of the option. So we would all the way, all the way down the 101. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We were actually the Brady Bunch at one point. Times two. Three and three. Yeah. <laughs> and my name's Greg. So that was that was a fun few years. <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. That's um, great. Yeah. So my experience of California really wasn't the L.A county experience it was more camping all the way down the 101 or five um and then la jolla which is completely different than la but i think that's also you being on the west coast though it's like it's it's you know 
Yeah, I, I can see that. But I just remember growing up in California. I'm like, oh, wow, fucking California's, you know, it's, it's L.A. And it's like the knockoff yeah. Disney World because we had Disney World and they've got Disneyland. I was like, fake ass Disney World. <laughs> uh, then I came out here and like when I got stationed in Roseville, I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Northern California is a totally different planet. Um, and I yeah. love it. But I was also a Giants fan because of I was a, I was a huge Barry Bonds fan. Like the first Little League team I was on was the Pirates. So I liked the Pirates mm-hmm. at first. And then he signed with the Giants and I became a Giants fan. I've been a Giants fan ever since. Um, so, yeah, way better Fair. than those fucking underachieving fan. Mariners. You guys had some of the greatest teams of the 90s. Like, I love Let's the Mariners. Talk about the it. Jay Buhner, okay. Edgar Martinez, Ken Griffey Jr., fucking A-Rod. You had like that's four Hall of Fame. We don't have to do this. We do have to. Eric, do this. We really that don't. Randy we Johnson. Don't Holy this. fuck, bro! How oh did you not God. win? You set a I'm regular season myself right win now. record, 116 wins, and you lost in the fucking was it the divisional series? Or did you get to the actual? We lost in the ALCS to okay. the fucking Yankees. God damn it! I fucking Yankees. My dad's Yankees. I fucking hate the Yankees so much. I don't mind them because I respect I winning. That's because they didn't the like. Time, obviously, it's just like you know. Yeah, but I like Jeter back then. Yeah, the I like those Yankees teams. Oh God, you like Jeter? I love Jeter. He's from Tampa. Oh my, Florida boy. Oh. You just hate Jeter because he destroyed your team, but that's a great dude. Yeah, yeah. they just didn't pitch to Ichiro. That was his MVP. Oh yeah, there's another guy. Rookie, Ichiro, rookie year. Another yeah. fucking Hall of Famer. They, so they that comes they to America and gets three thousand more hits. <laughs> I don't, dude. Seriously, he's such a psychopath. He bought an entire catcher's outfit, like gear. Because he wanted to catch bullpen sessions because he's still a coach for the Mariners. And yeah. much he still wears the entire uniform every day because he's a complete psychopath. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was catching in the bullpen for some weird reason a couple uh, weeks ago. And so then he just went and bought the entire catcher mask, chest plate, shin, everything, glove. Like he just like, well, I just want to make sure the guys are like comfortable pitching. <laughs> like, of course so- he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Well, so my first Giants game ever was when I was out here. It was probably five years ago, and they were playing mm. the Mariners. And I had no idea that each year, because I had given up baseball for a while. It, it was, I understand. It was a I weird did, personal also. thing. Uh, but anyway, so that was my first Giants game, and I was just like a little fucking kid all over again, uh, you know, hanging out in Giants Stadium for the first time. Because I, you know, I grew up in Florida. I never thought anything would ever bring me out to San Francisco to actually see a Giants game. Like It was mm-hmm. always on TV. And so, yeah, and I was like, Ichiro came up and I was like, fucking Ichiro still playing this motherfucker. And uh, yeah, like I remember that that dude was a fucking that dude was amazing, man. Like, so what do you think about Otani though? Like Otani's like uh, Ichiro I, on I, fucking like like not steroids, but on steroids, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really detest him because he was gonna come to the Mariners and then he, he was also gonna come to the to the fucking Giants. Which I, know, I actually think to go he to will end up on the Giants. Team. Yeah, I think he will end up oh, on the God. Giants because the Angels can't afford him. They're paying Trout like 400 million. Can't do it. Can't give two yeah. dudes for uh, me. And, if Trout me and my, gets four hundred million, doesn't each row get eight hundred? The dude does, does. He does do two things. Otani. Otani. Yeah. Otani. Yeah, yeah. Fucking not each row. Um. <laughs> no. My my best friend, uh, who is my sniper team leader, uh, we're convinced that Otani is actually the product of the nuclear bombs that we dropped on Japan. That he was just like some sort of creation out of that. And now he's just coming back to haunt America's pastime. Like <laughs> he's too good at baseball. 
He really is. He's too good. He's we even tried to sabotage him with a fucking major arm injury. And he's like, Oh, I just come back and throw harder. (laughs) I know you're like, What is going on? Like, Like, bro, you just got Tommy John at like 26 years old. He's like, That's fine. I still throw 100. What's up? Right. We're like, Oh, and we're going to take your sticky. He's like, Okay. And I'm just going to hit 30 home runs. Now you're like, Oh, this is so retarded. So I, I, I don't know if you play games or not, but I got MLB the show a while back and I just made mm. myself like a, a two-way player like Otani. And it's, it's so much fun. Like <laughs> such a great game. Oh man. Hell of a catch. Greg. Uh, yeah. Lamont Wade jr. Like how can you not love this giant scene? This is a great, they're going to win the world series this year. It's going to be so much fucking fun. And I'm going to be there. Just saying. Um, you have fun with that. Okay. All right, let's get the let's. I will have fun with that while you. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to check. Suffer time. through another Mariners shit season. Do they? What is it? What is it with the? Do they have like a just a, an owner that doesn't give a fuck or what? What is it? Uh, they had an owner that just didn't give a shit. That's an awesome now, city. Like their stadiums, their sport. Like I remember walking by, like because we went out there for. So I had a six week cycle break while I was a drill sergeant at Benning. Mm-hmm. And they sent us out to Lewis to do LDAC, and we went down. To Seattle for a weekend. I just remember walking by this Mariner Stadium. I was like, this is fucking beautiful. That's an amazing place to play. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, they had an owner that didn't care. And then they Sucks, had man. a series of really terrible presidents and general managers. But now we have a good general manager. We have a good manager. Um and we have a great young group. They just did what the Astros did. They just said, screw it. We're going to tear everything down to the studs. And we're just going to rebuild the minor league system. And then we're going to go yeah. from there. So got that Seager, dude, Seager's good. I saw his brother Good play. old Seags. Yeah. I saw Corey Seager play when he was in uh, AAA down in Rancho Cucamonga, mm. where my brother lives. <laughs> Saw him. He hit two home runs that night. One of them, I don't think's landed yet. I just remember like, holy fuck, that was. And then he was the rookie of the year next year for the Dodgers. He's hurt this yeah. year, but whatever. Yeah, but no, I didn't realize his brother was a Mariner, and he still is. So that's cool. Um, no, I would. So there's, there's, there's. So I'm going next month to Chicago to watch uh, a game in Wrigley Field, which I've never been to. But I'm watching. The Giants are showing up, so it's gonna be oh, okay. fun. Nice. I watch the Giants with my daughter in Chicago, but it's got to be even more fun because Chris Bryant's now on the Giants. So he's making his first return to oh, Chicago. That's so amazing. <laughs> oh, I can't oh. wait to see that reception. Um, oh. oh, shit. That's not good. Anyway, uh, but no, one of the others, like, so one of the stadiums I, I want to go see a game in is obviously I, I, I really don't want to go to the trash of LA and see a Dodgers game, but I kind of feel like I should have just when the giants are there, but yeah. I'm not going to wear any giants because I'm not trying to get stabbed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely don't want to get stabbed, but I want to go see a Mariners game. Cause it just, it just looks so fucking cool up there. It's a great, it's a great uh, stadium. Although the, the new Texas Rangers stadium. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It does. Look, like there's so many cool stadiums right now. Like Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, well, Colorado's not new, but they, it looks like they've added onto it. Arizona's looks fucking cool as shit. The Miami one. There's a lot of cool shit. Like I don't know when they're gonna get the Rays stadium. I still from the from the time I was playing, <laughs> the, where the Rays play is the old Thunderdome where the Tampa Bay Lightning's hockey team used to play. Oh like, I went to a hockey game in middle school in that stadium where the Rays <laughs> play now. That is not a fucking baseball stadium. That's a oh god, it's amazing. Like Miami was able to get a stadium before the Rays. <laughs> like at least the Rays are good, and you make them play inside this fucking right. renovated 
dump of an arena where they play baseball. It makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know how that team wins every year. Cause if I was a Ray, I'd be like, I need the first free agent contract offered to me out of this fucking dump. This is embarrassing. It's not a yeah. major league baseball stadium. It's not. And if it wasn't for analytics, the Rays would have won last year. Cause oh, you know what? Blake, that fucking manager is in Tampa. Took him out. I God, can't believe he took Lad him out. Blake Snell left too. I'm like, he's like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm going to the. <laughs> he was like, uh. <laughs> God, I hate, bro. I hate analytics. I swear to God, I hate it. It's the dumbest thing ever because there's no equation to account for the human in the moment. There's it's no, there's, there's no human in the moment equation, Greg. Unless I missed it in math, which I suck at. I'm well, pretty sure I can't account for how Greg's going to act with a two th- or a three two count in the bottom of the ninth. He might just hit a fucking home run, but you know what? The stats say we need to take him out because we need to take him out. Oh, wait, he's uh, thrown. He's really he's bad at lefties. Uh, he's thrown 94 pitches and his 95th pitch <laughs> tends to be a ball. So we need to take him. God, fucking money ball. Fuck that stupid sport. We're not sport, uh, but that concept. Oh, hell of a play there. Chris Bryant. Oh boy. Welcome to San Francisco. Anyway. All right. So now let's, let's, let's get into the, the final chapter of tonight's conversation. Mm. You have taken on a role recently. And we can talk about it. Yes, we can talk about it now. Stocking mill coffee, which I hope to. We did hope to be a part of one day in the future myself. Uh, But so tell us about it. What the fuck are you going to be doing for this high speed brand of uh, caffeinated coffee deliverance? You know, I'm going to continue to make wonderful ads with uh, more male nudity. Uh, (laughs) As I'm sure most of you have watched. uh, You're welcome. If not, you should. And he yeah. will soon tell us where we can watch that at. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, me and Eddie, we've just been talking back and forth for a while now. And he's just kind of like, dude, I want to get you on. And he's a good dude. We can do this. And yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm down. Like, fuck BRCC. Uh, obviously, Stocking Mill is going to be way better for you. And uh, they're not going to stab you in the back. So there's that. So for, oh shit, catch that. All right. So for those who don't know, what is BRCC? Oh, Black Rifle Coffee for those people that are uninformed. Yeah. So, uh, so Black Rifle Coffee. I used to be a huge fan too. And then I think a lot of people uh, used to be a huge fan. I still see it getting ordered in my office. Oh, Greg froze. So why he unfreezes. Greg said he used to be a big fan. So are you back? He's back. All right. And then I'm back. I'm back. So, I mean, I, the only reason I got involved, I don't, I won't get involved with them. Yeah. I got involved with, with, with Griftifer Lash. That, that, oh, that, yes. <laughs> I just, I just, Good Lord. just, I just, I can't, and I'm, I'm not going to do it tonight, but so what is the issue that's kind of come about lately with Black Rifle Coffee? In, in, in like an easy to digest the easy for thing people who is, aren't following this shit like we do on Twitter. Right. So Kyle Rittenhouse, after he was let out of jail and Kenosha, um, Wisconsin, he wore a black week. rifle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. After he shot those, a pedo and a commie. Hell yeah. Two American hero. Pedo. <laughs> yeah. American hero. Uh, sainted one. Doing the, doing the Lord's work in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So he he uh, wore a black raffle coffee shirt, and they just like kind of like threw him to the side and said, "We're, we're hands off. He, we're not sponsored by him." There was some confusion uh, yeah. about whether or not he was sponsored <clears throat> by Black Rifle, but I mean, which is a fair a question. T-shirt. 
which is fair a totally question, fair right? question. Um, the way Eli Schaefer made it sound like whatever. Um, but they washed their hands of it. And then, and everybody kind of was just like, well, you built your entire brand off of defending two way and the kid a black rifle, <laughs> literally um, <laughs> the kid is on video defending his life and super hands off and oh we're not we don't sponsor him and i'm not saying you got to sponsor him but yeah exactly you um you don't have to at all but the, the the big pushback and then the response from the credit card processors and the corporations were like hey you can't do anything with him and they were kind of like okay we won't and oh, wow. then the um new york times article came out what was it two weeks ago three weeks ago whatever that was yeah and that's when the whole St. Michael thing yep. came up where they said that somebody in DOD said that white supremacists were using it or, or something to that effect, which is insane that you would give terrible people power over what you can and can't exactly. like, which yeah. if you're going to do that, then we're just going to get a thousand more Fortran Chan trolls with the okay sign or the three point or whatever, yeah, right. which is like, this is so stupid. Like, Hitler was a vegetarian. Does it make all vegetarians Hitler? No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> this is a stupid conversation. What are we doing? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, but if you're, if you build your entire brand and everything about, you know, middle finger to the man, we're going to support two a, and then the moment somebody exercises their rights to defend themselves with literally an AR 15 and you're completely hands off and, back away from the situation um just because you got corporate pressure uh it's pretty pretty sad especially from a company that said that they would pay racists to go away i mean if you're going to pay racists to go away then you should pay corporations that aren't gonna you know stand by you push them away too then yeah put your money where your mouth is it's not hard it's not the weird that's like the weird uh byproduct isn't it it's like it's the pressure that they probably received internally. But yeah, I mean, it's also um, created by the fact that you included people who didn't align with what you originally set out to do. Exactly. Which I, which I can, like, look, I don't think anyone, whatever, and and maybe Stock and Mill is 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 blessed enough to one day occupy that same space and where those mm-hmm. hard decisions are going to be made, but. This is, this is, if we're, if we break it down, Greg, cause you and I know like, right. What does, what does the army have? They have the, the call, right. The, the center for army lessons learned. Well, this is a case study that I hope we're all learning from because exactly bring people because they're great at what they do, right. They're great at business or they're great at the, the direction of leading companies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, if they don't align with what your core values are and you're at your, at its very core mission statement is this is what you're probably going to run into, right? It's what in the military we, we refer mm-hmm. to as second and third order effects, right? Like I make this decision today. Well, what happens tomorrow and what happens a month from then? And that's what those motherfuckers ran into. And I don't feel sorry for them for one bit because you did it. You did it to yourself, bro. You did it to yourself. You did it to yourself. You did it to yourself. And now you got uh now you got grifter for last slash mopping like, it up yeah. just, <laughs> just lapping oh it up god I, just, I didn't mean to destroy all of our timelines the other day but no know, that was great his worth is i mean i didn't tag him on purpose because i've tagged him and stuff before and then his little minions 
dick suckers just destroy everything. You're just like, oh, this is so annoying. So that's why I didn't they're, tag him on purpose because like, I just wanted I to make fun of Red. It. I think Red said, and it may have been before you you jumped in the group, but Red, I think Red was just like, I've never seen someone <laughs> with such a bad personality. And, it, and I think it's like, I tried to like <laughs> view everything from that lens going forward. And I just like sat back and observed a lot of things. And I'm just like, without his wife, man. And I like, I'm I, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm way out of my weight class with my girl, but I'm just like, dude, you don't even Same. have a personality. Like you, you regurgitate like this bumper sticker level of conservative thought, which is not original. There's no depth or nuance and fucking Hannity already capitalized off that shit a long time ago. So bro, you missed yeah. your window and you're never going to be that. Like I, I had a friend once upon a yeah. time who said Hannity spits out dumbed down conservatism and it's true that's what he does and lash is like an even dumber version of that and it's like bro you don't offer any original thought like your wife is capitalizing on the fact that she's a a good looking woman and she is a conservative and that's all you know that yeah i mean she's relatively smart and that's all that's only got all that successful sometimes uh but yeah i mean how the fuck you know what i'm just trying to figure out like we go back to Greg's original story. Like he got his wife pregnant seven years younger than him. And then like Lash is Smart. like nine years younger or nine years older than her. And I'm just thinking, I'm just doing the math. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying like, maybe your wife just feels guilty and she stays with you, but I don't know. Cause you don't seem to be doing it. I don't know. Don't like to do growing the dumbass mustache. I got so, like, how is that something you want to stick with? That's not catching on. You're not influencing other people to, to like pick back up the, <laughs> the fucking handlebar mustache. Anyway, so when I go and promote this, I'm not even going to mention the fact that we we bashed on that dude because he's you know he's got his. That's own fine. Life. Yeah, he's whatever. he does. He, he if if everyone wants to come on the show and debate, happily to do it. But anyway, all right. So that's Stock and Mill uh, Coffee. So hey, StockandMillCoffee.com. Yeah. Answer the question on the landing page the right way. The the website Please. is under under construction, but you're going to find out what <laughs> I meant by that statement very quickly as soon as you get on that website. Um, and if you answer incorrectly, because there's only one right answer. There right. is only now, one right gonna, answer. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil the question, but there's only one right answer. And if you find <laughs> a, a second screen that doesn't align with what you were expecting, <laughs> you're wrong. You're just wrong. You made we'll poor choices. So, um, so yeah, is there anything else more that you can talk about with that? Or is this kind of like a wait and see what's going to take place next? Or is there anything? Yeah, we're just, uh, you know, there's uh, steps in process and, you know, there's a lot more to come, especially I think 2022 is really going to be the year that. Yeah huge growth outbreaking you know it's pretty fucking cool yeah it's really gonna be really awesome cool. i'm very excited about it yep i am too um yeah i just think it, it's been pretty cool to watch it take off and and going back to the moment where it kind of you could see like that was the flashpoint and where it's gotten yeah and like that's pretty fucking cool like yeah, a lot of respect to Eddie because, like I said, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude. Um, so anyway, Stock and Mill Coffee. If you want to go check that out, uh, I recommend highly the. God, what was the one? It was Bayonet. Is my favorite. Wig Splitter kind of comes in second. Uh, there's a oh, lot dude, of how, shit. I, how dare you? There's a lot of shit I haven't tried yet. I just like Bayonet. Okay. You know, Bayonet. Right, I just fair. love that picture of the fucking. The, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking pictures are what's great. Oh, oh, they're great. Kick my cat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, the pictures are fucking like the artwork. I don't know. Do you know who does the artwork? Eddie yeah, does it all. Eddie does it yeah. all, really. Wow, that's pretty yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually pretty funny because it almost like the bayonet one. It almost reminds me of like a weird South Parky kind of like feel. 
to it. Yeah. I, it just like if South Park would do the American Revolution, I think like that would be more- <laughs> that would be it right there. Like I just want to have I just want to see like a South Park animation of George Washington crossing the Delaware, like with the hatchet, like ah, I'll just fucking let's go. Fuck yeah, let's go. Good <laughs> shit. All right. So check out stockandmillcoffee.com. You can find Greg on Twitter at where? Uh the real Greg. So G-R-E-G-G-D. Two G's. The yeah. real Greg, two G's with a D. All right. And this is Greg. Say your last name again for me, sir. Diakianis. That is Diakianis. And I am Eric Banaszewski. And tonight I drank Bell Mead Reserve Bourbon. And you can find us on Twitter at Eric TWBB. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this next week. Hopefully we got Terry Shepard. So I'm going to throw that out there into the uh, oh, in the God, atmosphere Terry. and the universe and see what happens. Because he's he should have been on here by now. So Terry, I'm looking at you, buddy. And so is the Possum King. Remember that. All right. All right, Greg. Thanks for joining us, bud. No problem, boss. All right. There will be bourbon.